Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hello, this is Roger Daltrey of The Who, and you're listening to the Real Me Podcast. Presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Teen Cancer America has made an enormous impact on the lives of young people with cancer. We recognize that this age group are too old to be treated as children, but too young to be treated as older adults, making the in-between years difficult at the best of times. For 31 years, Pete Townsend and I have supported the Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK, seeing the benefits that our specialist zones and programs delivered for young people in hospitals made us determined to bring this idea across the pond to form Teen Cancer America. What you are about to hear are the authentic stories on how music can help teens and young adults process their experience as they fight this deadly disease. We support them by giving them the opportunity to work with professional musicians to develop an original song, from concept to fully produced recording. Join us as we hear their personal stories and reveal their real selves through the power of music. This is The Real Me. Thanks, Roger. Hello and welcome. This is the Real Me Podcast for Teen Cancer America in partnership with Pantheon Podcasts. I am your host, Erin Alden. Just a little bit about myself. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer in the recording industry, a TV and film veteran, and I am your podcast host. Each episode, we will shine a light on TCA's remarkable Play It Back program, giving adolescents and young adults or AYA cancer survivors the opportunity to rock. Today, we will be joined in the studio with our musical director, Kenley Mattis, and our guest is Play It Back artist, Sarah Carreras. Sarah is so inspirational. She's extremely upbeat and positive, which you will hear, but she's also very open about her dark thoughts as well. She's super candid about all of it in this episode. And then you will get to hear her song, Above, which is so honest, incredibly catchy, and her voice is clear as a bell. You are going to love it. So first up, let's speak with Kenley Mattis. Hey, Kenley. What's the latest and greatest? Anything oh, new? So much going on. Overwhelming stuff. Um, recently, we had a an online conference where we had Benny Blanco um, and the, the world-famous producer and writer and Tom Pullman, the 
programming director of iHeartMedia come on and answer questions um, thrown to them from uh, some Play It Back artists. And it was just really enlightening and really fun. And um, we explained the program to a lot of different people. We premiered a music video of one of our artists, which went so great. It's really fun. And, um, and then we're talking about now finally getting back live and doing a um, concert Hooray! in the fall. Yeah. Great. Making an event um, with uh, hopefully some, uh, some big players playing some uh, music for everyone and also the playback artists who, to me, are big players as well. So, Absolutely. Well, that yeah. sounds amazing. Very exciting. Very exciting. Also, guys, I'd encourage you to go up and listen to our other episodes. You can go to teencanceramerica.org for all update news and info about the podcast, The Real Me, and the Play It Back program. So today, our incredible guest is Sarah Carreras. Hey, Sarah. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be talking with you guys today. Me too. So thank you for spending some time with us. So let's start with what is your story, Sarah? How did you learn about first being diagnosed with cancer? What's your journey been like? Well, I was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, a really rare kind called undifferentiated leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um in February of last year, so February 2020. Um, before that, I had just been like getting sick, like like mm. having a cold that lasted like two months, and just like feeling really weak all the time. And you know, as an AYA or LLS and a young adult, that's like a cancer community term. <laughs> um, it was really hard to get the diagnosis because you know doctors are not like thinking like that's the first thing when you have a cold or like, you know, they could see that your tonsils are swollen or whatever you're going through or you're just tired and they're, you know, they're not thinking it's leukemia. Um, So it was, it was took a quite a while to finally get a diagnosis. Um, And then like, it was, it was tough because like the day that I found out about it was like the day that they admitted me. So it was just like all in one day, I get a call from one of my doctors being like, oh, your lab tests look really poor. Um, You need to go to the emergency room right now. Um, So I was horrified. And um, I remember uh, an ER doctor sitting me down being like, and I was by myself, even though my parents were there, like she could have like had my parents there with me, but she just said, okay, well, um, there's this, this, there's this disease called leukemia. And I was like, what? Gosh. And um, just saying like that was like a possibility. And so I was like, oh my gosh, my life is over. I really thought that was like a death sentence because I, I really don't have a lot of like past experience with like people that I know having cancer. Like it doesn't run in my family a lot at all. So, and then, like, you know, seeing so many movies, like in every movie, they have leukemia. Of <laughs> course. Leukemia. Yeah. And like, they don't always end up that great. Um, so that was really scary. And I, I ended up having to be in the hospital uh, doing chemo for two, about two months. Wow. And um, the first month it was, it was all right. You know, like I was in shock, so I wasn't like you know, breaking down or anything. I was just kind of like taking it. Sure. Um, but, oh yeah, the, the, the first month I was allowed visitors. And then the second month, uh, we weren't allowed visitors anymore because of COVID. Right. So I spent like an entire month by myself in the hospital. I mean, wow. I had like the best nurses and doctors and everything, but it was really, really tough. Um, it's got to have been terrifying too. You're there by yourself. You don't really know what's going on. You know, all of this flurry around you, I, I would have been terrified. Yeah. And I had to do a bunch of like new kind of procedures that I'd never done before. Like I had to do my first MRI, my first, like so many different things. I don't even remember the name, <laughs> like a spinal tap. So many of those I had to do by myself. Um, and so that was really difficult. But um, after I got out of the hospital, I did a few more months of chemo. And then in September of last year, 
I got a bone marrow transplant. Wow. Um, yeah, I was really blessed because my older brother was a full match. So I was really happy about that. And ever since I've just kind of been, you know, reco- bone marrow transplant is like its own thing. It like takes a long time to recover from. And people always say it's like trading one disease for another. Wow. So it's like, I don't have to deal with cancer, but like, this is like a lifelong thing that I have to deal with. Um, and then there's also just like, I have to, you know, treat all the complications of the transplant and everything, but I'm super stoked about life <laughs> a much more, much more now than I was before. I feel like I got another chance when, you know, I, there's a possibility that I couldn't have gotten another chance. Um, so I'm really grateful and especially for play it back and all of this. It's been like, I always say this, <laughs> but um, it's been a dream come true for me truly. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're almost on the other side of this now. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, how old are you, by the way? I'm 26. So 25, you get this diagnosis yeah. Wow. That's so intense and so crazy. Um, how did you learn about the Play It Back program? Um, through my social worker. I have the best social worker at uh, my hospital. What's her name? Um, her name is Jan. Jan. Okay. Yes. She, um, I remember the day that she was just like kind of getting to know me. Um, and she was just asking me, what kind of stuff do you like to do? What are you interested in? And I remember I mentioned music like just at the last second. Like, oh, also, I like doing music. Uh, I'm really, really glad that I said that because um, she was like, oh, I know of Teen Cancer America. They have, I think they're doing a, a music program now. I, I know Hillary and I'm going to get you connected to them and the rest is history. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. So yeah. did, Kenley, did you reach out to Sarah? Did you get an initial, hey, we've got um, somebody that's interested in the program or how did you guys get connected? Yeah, we have a, a form that's online and usually uh, social workers or child life specialists or people in the hospital or just however we connect with people because there's many ways we've connected with different uh, young people. We'll get directed to the web page. They'll fill out a form, which will give us an idea of who they are and what you know, what music they like, and, and what they're looking for in this program, or what you know, anything like that. And then I'll get an email, and it'll you know, I think probably, I mean, it was it was about a year and a half ago now, maybe right. So that's maybe a little more actually, right, Sarah? So like, I got a, a email. I saw Sarah's name. I reached out to Sarah. I remember it was. A couple of months before COVID. So we were talking on the phone, but she was in the hospital and she wasn't really able to have visitors at the time. We talked a lot about music. I knew right away she was really into music, which is which is really fun because obviously we have different people who have different levels of interest in music. And I didn't really understand you know, that she was a player. I didn't really understand that she was a, you know, a a budding writer and so creative, but I knew just, I think we talked about like Prince and we just talked about some other stuff that I was like, yeah, I really am psyched to make music (laughs) with this person. And then we had an appointment for me because what we'll do, you know, what we were doing before COVID was I have a mobile recording rig with a laptop and I was super psyched to go into the hospital and just like show her what we could do in the room even because I knew she was going a little nuts in the hospital. We had talked about that and I was psyched to go in there. And this whole thing started bubbling up about something's going on with some, you know, some virus. We, you know, as, as you all remember, at the beginning of this, we didn't know what was up. And uh, that week... I was like, you know, Sarah, I don't know if I should come. And I remember Sarah being like, no, it's okay. We just had visitors. And I was like, "Uh," and I think it was the 12th of March. I think we went in lockdown on 13th. So that's what happened. And so we did everything online for a long, for the whole time. Yeah. She was one of the first that we did things online. And, And the beauty of it for the program was that we started to realize that we could do it online and we started to get calls and emails from people all across the country after that, you know, cause Sarah's in, in Los Angeles. But, um, you know, after we started working with Sarah and a few other people online, you know, we started to get people from Wisconsin and from Ohio and from New York and from Florida. And so it's not for the internet. Yes. I mean, can you imagine if we didn't have that? It's so amazing that 
you were able to keep going, certainly under the circumstances that we've all had for the last year and a half. Yes. And I think it was a it was a really cool feeling out process. I mean, I think that Sarah, you know, being in California and knowing the studio was really like within 10 miles from wherever she was at any time. <laughs> I think it was really hard for, for her and for us because out of anyone, I know Sarah was really chomping at the bit to get in here and to be in the studio. Sure. But we couldn't do it. And so we made the best of it. That's amazing. Uh, well, let's go back a little bit because Sarah, I, I do know that you come from a musical family. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about um, growing up with music in your life. Do, did you um, start playing instruments at home with your parents? What's the history of your musical experience? Yeah, so I grew up in church. So, and also uh, my dad is the pastor of the church. So that oh, great. Is, that's kind of like, if you're a PK or pastor's kid, um, you're going to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to either sing or like play drums or whatever. But um, also my dad just loves to sing. And so I think he, we kind of all got that from him. Always playing music. Um, I ha- also had a kind of interesting upbringing because my parents are like a little bit older than like my my friends parents were so mm-hmm. I remember going to school and like always listening to like oldie stations um and so that's kind of how I that really influenced my taste in music um I really love Motown and you know like Stevie right. Wonder and all the classics and um, that's why I love so much like R&B and jazz now um and then also like in church we've seen gospel music um, also Latin gospel music. Well, I'd say you've gotten a great musical education (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) with some incredible people. Yeah. Um, and I've just always loved to listen to so many different kinds of music. Um, and also I've been singing, I've enjoyed singing since I was very young. Um, but I started singing at church around 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like leading worship and stuff. And I started playing guitar, I believe in high school, I think ninth grade. Um, and so I don't know, I was just really, really inspired by a lot of artists I like that play guitar. And also I'm pretty much very, very influenced by one of my older brothers. His name is Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, he started playing guitar first, then I wanted to play guitar. <laughs> and he taught himself how to play drums. And then I learned how to play drums from him. Wow, I pretty much great. have like his entire musical taste. I'm pretty much just like a copy of him. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Do you yeah. have other siblings as well? Yes, I have. I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just so many. I have like six siblings. Wow. So, yeah. And, and are um, they all musical as well? Or was Joey really the only person? Oh, no, all of them, actually. That's like, fantastic. My older sister is like one of the best singers I know. Also, my my other older brother, we we all play. And like on stage uh, at church right now, it's like 50% our siblings. <laughs> wow. I'm always yeah. so jealous of that. That's That's always interested me. Obviously, church music and that passion and... Um, just being around a lot of people that love to sing and play instruments. I'm an only child. So when I hear that you have siblings and they all played music, I want that too. (laughs) Yeah. So great. So did you start writing um, before you met Kenley, writing your own music, or did that kind of come after you met Kenley? I started writing when I got my guitar in ninth grade. I Mm -hmm. remember... I, my first song I ever wrote was about my dog who we had to like, I guess, give away because he like bit my brother. (laughs) It was a very emotional song. It was, and I thought it was like really legit because it went like A minor to C. And I was Uh like, whoa, (laughs) I've totally made that up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And then I've been writing ever since. Uh, I, some of my favorite songs that I've written, I wrote in college mm-hmm. and um, I've had like uh, this dream of like making them happen in real life or like recording them, but I just didn't know how to record anything. And I was just like so unmotivated. So that's why that's why I always tell Kenley that it was my dream come true for him oh. to help me like actually 
be able to hear these songs as like a final product and not just like me playing it. Like to Big hear deal. it, to play it back. Yes. <laughs> yes. No pun, <laughs> pun intended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I thought it was cool that you, you did have experience writing, but there was like this break in, in this sort of writing and, and not recording and not, you know, having that aspect of it. And, and I thought, I was really happy to see because I wanted to mention to Aaron, I guess we'll get into the song that we're going to talk yeah, about. For but, sure. but if I can just quickly say, you know, part of the challenge was that she couldn't come into the studio and she couldn't, I couldn't set up microphones in front of her. She had to learn to do a lot of this. You know, she got Logic. We got her a mic. Benny Blanco bought everyone microphones. So she got a microphone. Um, and sh- her brother, who is her, you know, musical uh, mentor, uh, helped her record this, one of the songs that we're probably going to talk about today. I think that's the song we're going to talk about mm-hmm. today. So, you know, and, and it's such a cool process because they started it at home. She sent me the files. We did it online. We, you know, we we talked about it. We She sent vocal takes. We comped vocals. We mixed so much remotely, but it came out so great. So, you know, I'm just really happy that we were able to do that. Yeah. Wow. You did it. You know, I mean, I wasn't really doing it. I was helping you make it sound a little bit better. Maybe you maybe giving you some arrangement advice or parts advice, but really it was like I was kind of on, you know, in the, the eye in the sky. You know, you were doing a lot of it on the ground. So it's really cool. In a funny way, you know, isn't it interesting how life plays out? You know, look at what you ended up being given as a gift and that you were able to step up and do it. And have this incredible experience. And now you're you're a mentor for other kids. And I know you've worked with Kenley quite a bit on a lot of other songs. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this song. What's the name of the song? Um, this song is called Above. And tell us a little bit about it. I wrote it right before I went into my bone marrow transplant because I wanted to write a song that kind of reflected my cancer experience, but I had no idea what was going to happen after my bone marrow transplant. I didn't know like what my strength level would be. I didn't know how much energy I would have. Um, So I really wrote it in about just a few minutes. Wow. (laughs) Like just one day before I went in to get admitted for my bone marrow transplant. and yeah, uh, it's called Above because uh, I don't know if we're going to hear the lyrics or anything, but I always get these questions that are like, how are you so happy looking? Why are you looks like you're enjoying yourself? You're in the hospital or like you're on chemo. Why, why do you look so normal and so joyful? Um, and so I wrote this song as an answer to that question. It is... I think from above, like all the joy that I have in my life is from God. I I wouldn't be able to be at peace in the midst of this trial without him. Um, and I still like one of the lyrics is about at the beginning is I'm going to see. <laughs> oh, one of the lyrics is, but tomorrow you might not see my spirits quite so high. Um, so it's also about, you know, we all have our ups and downs, but I think overall uh, with God, I've been like stable and okay. (laughs) Incredible. Well, what we like to do is play little portions of the songwriting process. So why don't we start now by playing a clip just of the beginning building of the track, and then we'll come back and talk about it. You might think I have it all together. You might think Hoping just fine, but tomorrow you might not see my spirits quite so high. Well, that sounds amazing, and we're only listening to a little portion of it. But let's let's talk about how you built the track. Um, explain to me the process that started. Kenley, want to tell us? Sure. I'm. I'm. You know, Sarah said I have this new song. And it was cool because we had been working on a couple of different things, kind of starting with like a beat that she was directing me on remotely. And I, she, I would play a guitar part. She would suggest chords and changes. And she has very um, sophisticated uh, taste, too. She's into 
like K-pop and just, you know, jazz chords in pop music and definitely like stretching my brain a little bit. And when she said, I have something and I recorded something, I'm like, oh, good. You know, like she's going to throw <laughs> something to me, you know, so and I heard it. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you hear a song and you basically just like somebody's just playing really simply on the piano and singing a really nice melody with really good words. And you just think, wow, you know, this is really good. And I can hear a bigger production of it, but just the way she did it when she sent it to me, even with the rough vocal was like, oh, this is a good song. I was super psyched. You know, I mean, you, you don't know, right? And, and sometimes I need to sort of dig in there and be like, well, what about this? And what about that? I didn't do any of that with this one. I was just like, you have a song, let's make it sound really good, you know? And so, but it was super simple. I mean, literally it was like stock Rhodes piano and her singing on, I don't even think she was singing on the the Apogee mic that she has. Were you? I don't remember. I think she might have had like just a handheld, like small, you know, like a live mic or whatever. But or maybe my phone or something. Yeah, I it sounded so. It, it sounded so raw, but it was just like I heard the potential is really beautiful. So I was just like, and it's perfect for her voice. I was just really happy. You know, I was really happy for her because I I, I could tell, and she maybe mentioned this too, but I could tell this just came to her. Yeah. And when that happens, it's such a gift. Yeah, for sure. You know. So that this is definitely one of those songs. You know, I keep thinking like, you know, like a John Lennon thing or something. It's just really like simple, but timeless and just true and beautiful and honest. That's a big part. Yeah, of that's that's fantastic. OK, so let me ask you, Sarah. So you hook up with Kenley. You guys talk about, you know, doing the song. You send it off to him. You get something back. Were you nervous about the process ahead of time? Were you nervous about what what the beginning outcome was? What were your thoughts about it? Like, oh my God, you know, I think this is a really good song. I'm going to send it off to Kenley. I hope he likes it. You know, all those different thoughts. Do you remember what you were feeling then? I think that I felt pretty relaxed because I had just written it and I, I kind of like wrote it as an assignment for myself, mm-hmm. like as, as an exercise, really. So I wasn't like so attached to it. <laughs> I thought, like I truly thought it was like, like, um, like, oh, I'll just like write a, like, I'll just write a song about cancer. Like, you know, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a no lot big of people, deal. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have one. Maybe, maybe I'll try it out. So I, I wasn't like expecting Kenley or anybody to like it. <laughs> Cause I, I don't know. I thought it was like really simple. Um, so I think that helped a lot in the process because I wasn't so, um, you know, precious about it. Yeah. Like I was, well, you're I was, one in a million. I, I have to tell you that, you know, that, right. It's very <laughs> hard for people, especially writing something as deep as you've written to mm-hmm. not be unattached to it. It's a pretty deep thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm amazed that that's the place that you were in. It's you're you're very sophisticated, I must say. <laughs> Thanks. I, I gotta I think, say, mm-hmm. no, I was gonna say, you know, I think that there are a couple of things. First of all, it's it's something that we all talk about with Play It Back is like this, not you know, non attachment. Um, you know, if it sucks, no one will have to hear it. You know, non scarcity <laughs> thinking, non perfectionism. You know, just do something bad, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like um, there's that, but there's also because when we were working on stuff where she was directing me, she was very specific about what she liked and what she didn't like, more so than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned that to her and I respect it, you know, and it's challenging, right? Because it's sort of like, well, not that chord, not this chord and this and that. And with this, it was just like, it felt like she let go. Mm. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And and I was going to say, you know, I, I mentioned this the other day in a conference we did and, you know, musicians talk about release dates. It's about, oh, we're going to release this, that word release. And I think that when we're creating in this context, but really in any context, it's like when you release, when you let go, when you let go of the vice grip of goodness and of showing people, you know, approving anything and, and all of that. That's when really good stuff comes out, stuff that's bigger than you, stuff that's from above, stuff that's from somewhere else. And that's the stuff that really connects with people. Absolutely. I'm amazed. All I got to say is I'm amazed. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to stop just for a minute because part of the journey with these shows is to learn as much as we can about you and 
what you've gone through, but also we're really fortunate that we have your parents here to talk to us for a little bit. Um, so why don't I introduce them right now? You've got your dad, Ted, and your mom, Irma, and uh, let's let's dig in with them and hear a little bit about this whole process as far as their own story is concerned. So nice to see you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk about Sarah's journey with, with learning that she had cancer, but also as a family unit, how you guys, when you first learned that this is what she was going to have to go through, how it affected your family, how you pulled together. Can you tell me just a little bit about, you know, what, what happened in the beginning and then we're going to get to all the fun stuff now. I think it was a shock at the beginning. We weren't expecting that. I don't think we had anybody in the family. I think she was the first one, the closest, very close. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so one other thing is like, we didn't know what to do, but we just pray. Uh, and then we started with the process and going to the hospitals and looking for all the help we could. It was a, a big shock. I mean, I remember exactly where I was when I, we heard the news. We were walking towards a rest inside the restaurant, and uh, when they called Sarah to tell her the news, I mean, we all had to walk back and uh, start. Some say meditating. I would mm. say we were crying. Of course, and, and uh, we didn't really know what to do. I I seen a lot of people that went. Uh, with the Lord uh, because of that kind of disease. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really struggling. And then we had to get a hold in ourselves and started thinking about uh, possibilities that might have come up. The first thing that came up was that we knew that the science have progress uh, a whole lot and they have done miracles because somehow the Lord have helped them discover things that weren't there before. Right. My own father died of cancer uh, when I was very young. So I really didn't want to have another loss like this Of course this not. Of course not. And it's but, your child too. Exactly. But somehow uh, we have come through it. And right now, I, you know, regardless of anything else, I have to say, thank God that we still have her. Absolutely. And it sounds like you guys early on had such an incredible foundation. You're the pastor of your church. You have your children. You're all musical, which brings so much enlightenment to a family circle anyways. So you had, a. it sounds like, a very strong um bond with the whole family. The other thing that I'm sure obviously was very scary, and we'll talk about this a lot, you know, throughout our episodes with COVID, but just having another layer where you've got your child in the hospital, you know, you can't all be there at the same time. Were you guys switching off? Is that how you did it? Or was it not at all? It was very hard <laughs> because uh, having in the hospital and not being able to go see her, it Terrible. was kind of it was kind of difficult for us. Uh, like I say before, I don't want to go into so much religious stuff, but uh, we had to go through the source. Like, I think uh, in Sarita's song, something came out like that, that the strength that we received wasn't our strength. It was a strength by the Lord that helped us uh, conquer this situation until everything kind of stabil uh, stabilized and and now we are very grateful that the Lord have uh, come through for us. Absolutely. Uh, my experience was that I was going to the hospital. I was staying there. I was sleeping in there, kind of living with her the first month until COVID. And this, they told me, I remember, I said, uh, you can no longer stay here. You can't even come and visit. So I can't even very imagine. Hard. Very hard, I'm yeah. sure. Wow. Well, as far as Sarah's musical journey, it sounds like she's been doing it ever since she was little. When you guys found out about the Play It Back program, that that's something that she was interested in doing, what did you? What were your first thoughts about it? 
that was very that was very good to us because I knew that there were going to be something that she's really have a heart for it. So uh, I saw like a window open uh, and hope. So she have she could involve herself her time into something that will be uh, efficient for her and and productive. And that's what we saw. Uh, first, we saw a lot of crying and, you know, difficulties like that. But when we when she started in, in this program, she started producing things and writing and, and singing and playing her guitar again. We saw new life. And that's exactly what we were looking for, to see some hope in her. It's it's so funny. You guys can't see, but we're on a Zoom call and I can see everyone's faces and the smiles that Kenley has that I have that Sarah's family have. It's just such a good feeling. Um, This is the reason why this platform is available to bring light, joy, happiness to all of the patients that are going through such a terrible time to have this bright light open. It's, it's incredible to see. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we're really just so excited about this program. So, okay. So Sarah writes her song. She starts the recording process. What were your thoughts when you started to listen to it? Oh, it was exciting at first. When she told me that uh, Kenley was going to go to the hospital, she didn't get it to go there because of uh, COVID. Sure. But she was like, somebody's going to come to the hospital? <laughs> I'm like, really? Does he have time to do that? <laughs> so it was very exciting. And uh, Alex, uh, we were so happy for her. And um, for your question, it was like um, just seeing her, her face. I mean, getting very excited was very good for us to watching her and getting busy doing that was exciting. Incredible. Well, I guess the final question is now you've heard the whole song, happy with, with the entire process, any thoughts about Kenley, any last words that you'd like to give us? Well, I want to thank Kenley. Kenley, really, he's been a great help to Sarita. And uh, let me tell you the truth. When I first saw, uh, heard the song, I didn't think it was her. I thought I thought I was listening to somebody else because wow. it's, it's, okay, That's it funny. sounded so good. I said, "Wow, this is something." Oh, her. Something professional. I said, "Whoa!" But then, after I saw her, <laughs> uh, I began to believe that you know there might be something good yeah, in here. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah she's uh, she's extremely talented and i can tell uh i can just tell from speaking with you the short amount of time what incredible parents you are and i just want to thank you for taking some time just to share your thoughts about you know this this story it's a story thank you guys <laughs> well it's it's very much appreciated i look forward to speaking with you again but Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing Sarah to be a part of this program for what you're doing. This story is going to help so many other kids, and this is another reason why we're doing it. So I I thank you very much. And thank you so much for expressing it the way you did, because I have to say that we don't always know how, you know, what we're doing is helping people. And you put it in such a great way, you know, and the way you described it, it's really encouraging to, to us. And I think it's really encouraging to know that we're going to continue doing this and helping other people. And, you know, because we love music, you know, we love music and we do new, we do music, you know, no matter what, but to be able to then bring it to people who are going through the cancer experience and people like Sarah and, and having such an encouraging family like you all are is really wonderful. And I got to say, it's been such a pleasure getting to know Sarah over this last, you know, year and a half or, or more, actually, uh, that's one of the things about creating with people that, you know, is really powerful is just the time you spend with them. And I know so much about Sarah now. I, I've hung out with her. She's been in the studio now and she's just a wonderful young woman. I'm really proud of her. And I, I mean, I can see where she comes from. You know, she's, she talks about you all very much. And, <laughs> you know, I've helped, uh, you know, with different different side projects with her and the family too, with her older sister singing and her playing with her. And, and all those things have been so wonderful to be involved. I feel like... Uh, Really, really fortunate to know you all and to have met you today. So thank you so much for taking thank your time you. to tell us thank you. behind the scenes, too. Thank, thank you. you very much. We appreciate all of you. And you'll be in our prayers all the time for progressing, 
for to be prosperous and any way that we could do you know we're here god bless you <laughs> thank you awesome thank you you guys so great what a joy i actually have chills that yeah. was amazing i want to cry sarah that's so great <laughs> that was so fun great. yeah really honored to meet them they're honored to meet you guys well someday too. we'll do it in person yeah yeah well, I think we should listen to a little bit more of the song now. I'm so excited to hear the process. So why don't we take a listen of our second clip and then we'll come right back. We're back. So let's talk a little bit more about this. Uh, I'd love to, to know more about the songwriting process, the recording process. How did you fill this song out? So one thing I wanted to mention about the songwriting process is that um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have dealt with like some pretty rough mental health issues ever since I was very young. I've dealt with chronic anxiety. Um, and so that it just like also informed the song. Like when I said that lyric before, you might not see my spirits quite so high. It That's just one line, but there's so much like baggage in there. Um, and I just thought it was, you know, I thought it was amazing that people thought that I was okay and that I seemed stable and fine, even though underneath I was so, so scared. Even kind of in between um, my first initial hospital stay and my bone marrow trans transplant stay, like the, that few months in there, I got a really, really, really bad episode of anxiety. Um, it was some of the worst anxiety I've ever had. It was like 24 seven. I almost felt like I was going to die for like a, a few weeks straight and it was horrible. Um, that's why I think like this whole thing has been a miracle. Like, you know, somehow people get through it. I don't know how, but people do. And I don't know. That's just like a, just a huge part of that song that I just wanted to share. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sharing that because they get through, I think people get through things because they listen to other people being incredibly honest. So the fact that you're sharing that is going to be so helpful to the other people that are listening to your story. That's how we get through all of this. And especially with writing songs, putting those lyrics out, putting the music out, it's cathartic, you know, and you, you are so talented and obviously it comes easy to you, but tell me, so when you guys were building the track, you were in the hospital still, right? I think, I think I, I wrote the initial song and then I sent it to Kenley and then I didn't really record anything during the transplant. And then we got back on it after I got out. It was like I was in there for like about a month. I don't think I recorded anything. I was like, like very in the midst of recovery for sure. <laughs> I just want to say, I think I remember this is like her commitment to, to staying on like the music thing. I think I remember you kind of like being on your side in bed, like doing a, a, a video, <laughs> like a Zoom call with me at one point, just sort of catching up and just kind of doing that. And I was like, man, you know, she, like you were really, uh, really wanted to get out there and get out of there and do stuff, you know, on all the things that we had talked about. And, uh, I just remember that that was sort of an image and maybe, maybe I'm, I don't think I'm making that up in my head. Am I? I, that whole thing was a blur. <laughs> I don't remember. Right. Well, I do know since talking to you beforehand that you, you had your siblings help build this song a little bit too, right? Yeah. I had my, uh, bone marrow transplant donor older brother he played guitar on it and he no is that joey yeah joey yeah. <laughs> um and 
he also played bass on it. He, um, I think, did a really great job. I love how it came out. And also, since I kind of, like, didn't really have a whole vision for the arrangement of the song or, like, what the sound or genre was going to be, um, I was just like, okay, Joey, just play <laughs> something. <laughs> and um, it kind of came out with a 90s kind of feel, uh, the guitar especially, and I really liked it because I love 90s music and I felt like I could like, I don't know if you hear the the guitar parts. I feel like I could hear like kids walking by at school in a 90s movie wearing like <laughs> baggy clothes and like greasy hair and skateboard. I think that sounds like the music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when we talked on the phone beforehand, I said, do you, do you know who you remind me of? You were, This song kind of reminds me of Claro. You know, it's such a simple vocal. It's got this really groovy um, feel to it. It's hooky. It's just as easy song to remember. Your voice sounds so good on it. It's so clear and pure. I loved it. The minute I heard it, I loved it. Wow. Thank you. Recorded at home, too. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I think you right? should you yeah. should do more of these. You might you might have something here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I I just want to say that I'm very impressed by your story with the way that you present yourself. You're such an inspiration. Your family's amazing. I love what you're doing musically. I I really do think that you will go a long way because you've you've got that it factor. So I, I can't wait to hear more about your musical journey. And also, I want to mention that you have been mentoring other kids in the Playback program. Are You've been songwriting with them as well, right? I guess like collaborating? Yeah. Yeah. I, Tell me about that. I sang harmonies on uh, one of JC's songs, uh, Not Gonna Wear Black. And I also have done a lead vocal on a song that I think three other playback artists wrote. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So it's. And they sung on your song. Yes. Oh, yes. So you're cross collaborating. Mm hmm. Um, for the ending of my song, The Bridge, I wanted it to be um, a group vocal, kind of like a choir, everybody singing together. Um, it's kind of one of the most meaningful parts of the song to me where I say it's not the end for me. I'm just beginning um, because I thought, you know, when I got cancer that it was the end for me. And so it took a, a while to kind of be able to see that I could have a future. Um, and how did that, how does yeah. the collaboration work? So did you know any of these other artists before? How did you guys get together? I met them all on our music Monday zoom call. Great. So a lot of them, like I consider my friends, even though I haven't actually met them in real life. Oh, you have <laughs> not met each other in real life. Well, I guess the pandemic happened, so I can understand maybe why that. Yeah. But, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So people so, from Texas, people from all over sung on it too. People from all over the country who, you know, sent us files of them singing the tracks. Mm -hmm. Sarah did like a guide track for them and they followed Sarah and they sent it to me and I put it oh, into the session. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. So again, the, to the listeners, there are real opportunities here, lifelong opportunities to learn a new craft or hone in on the craft that you started before, meet other people that are going through the same thing at the same time and creating such incredible, powerful music. It's here for you if you would like to take advantage of it. So let's listen. Let's listen to some of the final product to give people the idea and, and, and to hear it. And then again, what you guys can do is you can go up to teencanceramerica.org. You can hear the, so the whole song. You can download it. We'll give you some information uh, towards the end, but let's listen. I think it's
about you, but I think this is radio ready. <laughs> I I hope. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys did an incredible job. Obviously, the song has been stuck in my head forever. It's so hooky. Congratulations. You did a really, really good job. Do you have other music that you guys are doing now? Do you have other songs that you're working on? Yeah, we're definitely working on them. Uh, none that are f- like done, mm-hmm. but some of them are pretty close, I think. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah, well, now she's getting to come into the studio and be the rock star, and I'm awesome hitting record, and and you know, and she's just going for it with the with the expensive gear, which is really fun too. So I just wanted to mention to Sarah, I don't know if I said this before, and she was talking about lyrics that from you know a listener's point of view, the first lines of the song are really important of any song, and when you say something like, especially having known you a little bit, and then I hear you sing, you might think. I have it all together. Mm. You know, I think so many of us feel that way. You know, no one knows what's going on inside of us, no matter what we're going through. If we're going through cancer, we're just trying to get through our lives. And so to have a line like that is really powerful because I think we all feel like, oh man, if anyone knew what was going on in my head, they would not think the same of me. Mm. And so that's such a simple line and it's so powerful. You know, that's when I knew, I was like, oh man, this is just, because we do think you're, you have it all together. You know, you're a very together person. I know you, you're very self-effacing. I don't know what the, the phrase is. You're, you're very humble. But, you know, you're really, Sarah's become a leader in this group. You know, we have, and just, to, and just one other thing, you know, we have a lot of guests that come on in the Music Mondays. And it's almost like a joke that I'm always calling on Sarah first because she lightens the mood so much because she is so humble and bubbly at the same, you know, it's just this great energy that she has. And I think that it's like a thing that, that now she and I go through. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, you're awesome. Just do your thing kind of thing, you know? And one other thing I wanted to mention was that we were able to get one of Sarah's favorite singers to come and do a Zoom call specifically with her. Her name was Tori Kelly. And she's oh, amazing. That was the best thing ever. Wow. <laughs> How wonderful. Yeah. And so we had Tori on. It was just like one of these music industry things, right? A friend who knows a friend who knows a friend. And Tori was like, yeah, sure. And they had this amazing conversation. I was there just to sort of be there and just, you know, facilitate. But when we played the song for Tori, she cried. Oh, yeah. And it was such a, you know, validation of like, this is beautiful. And so happy that you let this out of yourself and let other people hear it. Now, this person who is an international singing sensation Mm -hmm. has so much respect for your abilities. It's so encouraging to keep going and to do your trust, your instincts, your creative instincts. Thanks. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, it's the, it's the beauty of the program. Thank God teen cancer, America, Kenley, um, that you have been able to, um, provide such an incredible service and to, um, inspire and ignite hope, which is so important. And one of, one of the things that I always like to ask at the end of these segments, Sarah, is do you have any words of advice or thoughts for somebody else that may be just starting this process or going through it right now that would help lift them up? I can say something. I mean, I'll, I'll, can I say something and then you say something? The thing I want to say to anyone who might hear this and who might say, that's really cool, but I couldn't do that, is two things. Maybe you can't do that, but you can do your thing. And you just got to say yes to whatever that, that is. You know, you don't have to be an international singing sensation. You don't have to be as musically steeped as Sarah is. You just have to love music and be able to listen a little bit to music and, and just feel good about it. And if you can do that, you'll be surprised what you could do if you just focus in on, hey, I want to make a song. So surprise yourself. Say yes and check it out. Any last words, Sarah? Um, I don't know about like a particular thing that people can do, but I do know if... I can do something. Literally anybody can. I'm like the most like <laughs> mentally like weak person that I've ever met. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of 
everything. Like I, like that's part of my anxiety is I'm always scared. Like little things, like complaining to the nurse. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, like my my chest hurt. I'm having a heart attack. You know, I'm a huge hypochondriac. Um, and also, like a lot of my anxiety is medical anxiety, even before I got sick. So that's all I gotta say. If I can do it, I think I think you can too. Whoever's listening. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. I just want to point out one last thing. You mentioned to me that you have your own podcast. Where can people go and listen to it? And what is it? I have a podcast about Disney Channel that I do. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that I do with my friend. Um, we just talk about all the old shows that we used to love or like all the music from Disney Channel. Um also, the other day, we met, I on Music Mondays with Kenley and everybody met uh, Lauren Christie, who wrote a lot of Disney Channel songs. So I freaked out. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's about where can people find it? They can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. It's called Wild Chats. Get your head in the podcast. Fantastic. Well, I owe you a huge thanks. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Uh, Kenley, do you want to say one other thing? Yeah, you mentioned Lauren Christie, Sarah. I just was texting with her, and she really wants to do stuff with us. And I'm thinking, would you want to write a song with Lauren Christie? Yes, very much so. Very much so. And there you have it, folks. You heard it here first. I really appreciate you guys being a part of this show today. It was such a wonderful time hanging with you, Sarah, and with Kenley. And we'll see you at the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, here's our exclusive. Please go to our website, teencanceramerica.org. Go to the Play It Back program where you can listen and download Sarah's full song called Above and learn much more about Teen Cancer America. That wraps up our show for today. I can't wait to introduce you to our next Play It Back artist. Stay tuned. The Real Me is presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Hosted by Erin Alden, produced by Christian Swain and Erin Alden. All music performed by the Play It Back music players, led by Kenley Mattis. Sound designed by Jerry Danielson. And please... Visit TeenCancerAmerica.org to listen to today's full song and to find out more information on these amazing young people. And if you can, please donate. Even the price of a cup of coffee would greatly be appreciated by us. And anything you can do to help these young people will be richly rewarded, I'm sure. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.